It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are locked on Packers, your daily podcast on the Green Bay Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are Locked On Packers. Hello, this is Bill Huber, the publisher of PackerReport.com, part of the Scout.com network, which brings you some of the best NFL and college football coverage that you will find anywhere. And I encourage you, if you like what you're listening to, to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes or the Android app. You can check out my written stuff at PackerReport.com, where we always have a one-week free trial and maybe having a BOGO deal either today or Monday. So you may be asking, why would I pay? Well, a couple reasons for you. We have 10% discounts on tickets and gear. Tickets would be Packers tickets, Badgers tickets, you name it, we've got them. And gear, I mean, look, I'm sure you got Packers stuff in your closet, but who doesn't need more? There's a lot of really cool stuff at Fanatics, and hey, why not save 10%? And also, the world's best preview. And we'll be getting into some of my Stats Guy stuff from, from last week's preview here in just a moment. And after that, on second, third, and fourth down, it's strength of schedule, up quarter, upcoming quarterbacks, and Vegas' thoughts on the Packers. But first, it's first down, and you look at something that Mike McCarthy said last week that I found really, really interesting about his plans and goals for the offense. So after the Minnesota game, Mike McCarthy was peppered with questions about the state of his offense, and eventually he says this, I always go back to the foundation of why we do things and how we do it and staying true to that. Frankly, a conversation Aaron and I had this year, we're not really worried about statistics. We're not worried about being number one in the league in scoring. This is about being a well-rounded football team, playing better in the area of balance, the things you need to do a better job of, and it takes all three phases to get this done. We need to win the field position battle every week. We need to win the time of possession battle every week. So all the variables and factors into that, that's what I'm looking for. That's the team that I'm developing because that's what wins games when you need to really win. And we haven't gotten that done in two weeks. Um, and they didn't. They got part of that done in, in week three against Detroit. Um, first, we're gonna, The first part we're going to look at here is field position. Green Bay threw three games. They ranked 22nd on offense with an average starting point of the 25.63. And the defense takes over at the 28.93. So that's about a three-year difference. And that's not bad. Interesting thing here, though. Before the Detroit game, that was almost a 10-yard difference. In other words... Every time that the opponent took possession of the ball, they were already basically a uh, first down ahead of the Packers compared to where, where Green Bay took possession. So, I, I mean, that's a huge difference. I mean, if it's a 10-drive game and it's a 10-yard position uh, uh, difference, I mean, that's 100 yards. I mean, if you all gain the opponent by 100 yards, that seems like a dominant afternoon. Well, that's it's been a big deal. Um, Green Bay turned the table against the Lions last week. They were plus 134 for the game. Then I'm on the 12 yards per drive difference for the Packers. You know what? And they mostly dominated that game, right? So, <laughs> so, so did the Packers dominate because they dominated field position? Or did they have the field position because they mostly dominated the game? Well, it's kind of a chicken and egg stuff. So 
Before last week's Detroit game, in, in the world's best preview, I took a look at some history here. And I looked at the four teams that reached the conference championship games um, from 2010 through 2015, so the last, the last six years. That's 24 teams, and their average field position ranking was 9.3. That's pretty good. And it'd be even stronger, too. That ranking was pushed down um, by the Broncos of last year, who won the Super Bowl, and the 2011 Giants who won that Super Bowl. Um, the Broncos are 26. The Giants are, you know, the Broncos had a terrible offense, as you recall. And then the 2011 Giants, who re they really weren't good at anything until the playoffs came. They were 29th in field position. But, and maybe this is what McCarthy is looking at here, over those six seasons, 10 of those 24 teams in the championship games, they finished in the top four in field position. So you can see there's a, there's a correlation there. The other part of the coin here was time of possession. And Green Bay needs to get better here. Through, uh, through again, three games, they're 28th in time of possession, averaging 27 minutes, 44 seconds. I mean, they, they just got hammered in that Detroit game. I mean, they, were, they were minus 10 minutes there and won anyways. Again, of the 24 conference championship teams over the last six seasons, the teams, or the, uh, their average time of possession ranking is 12.9. I mean, that's nothing great. It's, it's a little above average, but nothing special there. Recent Super Bowl champs, Denver in 2015, 21st. New England in 2014, 22nd. Seattle in 2013, 17th. Baltimore in 2012 was 29th. And the Giants in 2011 were 21st. Uh, the, one, it, the only real exception there was Green Bay in 2010. They were 8th in time of possession. This season, time of possession winners, 31 and 17. It's a 646 winning percentage. Last week was 8 and 8. And with Green Bay uh, being one of the teams that bucked the trend, they, they, so they won even being that minus 10 that I mentioned. Um, before last week, it was, it was almost three, almost a 75% winning percentage, though. Last year, obviously more games to look at. Teams that won time of possession won 67.6% .6 of the time. Since Aaron Rodgers took over as quarterback in 2008, the Packers are 54-16-1 when winning time of possession. That's uh, a 73.6 winning percentage. And I think this here might be key. In the last 10 postseasons, the time of possession winner, 72-18. and 18, That is at 80, a .800 winning percentage. So teams, I mean, teams that win or win four-fifths of the time in the playoffs. Hasn't worked for the Packers, though. They're 5-4 and four when winning time of possession, 3-3 three and three when they lose it. McCarthy, again here. I believe in playing to the strength of each other. I'm talking about offense, defense, and special teams. When you don't have balance... I've coached a team that wasn't balanced, and the result is what it was. So you learn from those experiences. And, of course, he's talking about the 2011 Packers, who led the NFL in, sto the NFL in scoring, went 15-1 in the regular season, and went one and done to the Giants in the playoffs. On to second down, and it is a look at the rest of the schedule. If you remember back when the schedule came out in the spring, the Packers are deemed to have the easiest schedule in the NFL based on who they're playing in 2016, and then those teams combined wins and losses from 2015. Well, through three games, the rest of the schedule, not the, I don't care what the teams they played, but the 13 upcoming teams, a combined record of 20 and 19, so slightly above 500 there. One reason why the Packers had an easy schedule, or a projected easy schedule, is the worst divisions last year were the NFC East and the AFC South. Now, much has changed with the AFC South, a combined 4 and 8 at this point. Houston, 2 and 1. Tennessee and Indianapolis 1-2, Jacksonville 0-3, and, 
The Texans, uh, the first place team there, a big loss. They just put J.J. Watt on injured reserve with a re-injury of his back. So the best team there with a huge, huge blow. On the other hand, the NFC East could be much improved. The Eagles are 3-0. New York and Dallas are 2-1. Washington, 1-2. Obviously, the Redskins were a playoff team last year. So you think, well, maybe maybe they'll get things turned around here. Again, it's really early, but the East looks like it may be tougher than you think. Uh, Green Bay gets New York and Dallas out of the bye. Then Washington and Philadelphia back-to-back as part of a three-game road trip in November. So if the NFC East is for real, those games are going to be key to the Packers' fate here. Um, obviously, the Packers get the Giants right out of the bye. Under coach Mike McCarthy, in the game immediately after a bye, the Packers are 8-2. and two. They got crushed last year at Denver 29-10, totally manhandling that game. They broke a six-game post-bye winning streak from 2009 through 2014. The Packers dominated those games. A combined score of 203-84. to 84. And on their, uh, the Packers post-bye, or the Packers bye-week dope sheet, they helpfully broke this down. Before the bye, not, not the game before the bye, but all games before they got bye, under McCarthy, Green Bay, they six. 40 winning percentage. All the games after a bye after one under McCarthy, a 674 winning percentage. So the Packers have traditionally played better in the quote unquote second half of a season. And they're gonna have to play better this year, and they're gonna have to get that pass defense figured out because that leads me right into third down. And that is a look at the quarterbacks coming up the rest of the way. Pass defense has always been a strength of the Packers under under defensive coordinator Dom Capers. You know, even in 2011 when they I was thinking up a million yards. At least they intercepted a lot of passes to at least partially make up for that. You know, whether it's been, you know, back in the, the good old days, so to speak, of Sam Shields, Charles Woodson, and Tremont Williams, or even a couple years ago when they're so deep that Devon House couldn't get off the bench. You know, they've played good pass defense, and, you know, through three games this year, not been the case. Blake Bortles, Sam Bradford, Matthew Stafford, all good quarterbacks, all first-round guys. Through three games, the Packers ranked 27th in opponent passer rating at 105.3. Now, it's a big big number in Dom Capers mind. He's a, he's a big believer in um, not only opponent passer rating, but a passer rating differential, which is uh, the opponent quarterback compared to what Rodgers is doing is a, is a big guy to who's winning games. So, again, they're 27th in that at 105.3. 24th in completion percentage allowed at 66.7. 28th in passing yards allowed at 307.3. And 29th in passing yards allowed per attempt at 8.3. Two interceptions, not up through their typical standards easier. Well, it's not going to get any easier. I got this story at PackerReport.com. You can read it. It goes through each of the quarterbacks, just kind of where what those guys are doing statistically at this point. Um, but if you look at the 13 games come up, five of the quarterbacks threw for 4,000 yards last year. That'd be Atlanta's Matt Ryan, the Giants' Eli Manning, the Lions' Matthew Stafford, Washington's Kirk Cousins, and Seattle's Russell Wilson. Um, five quarterbacks ranked in the top eight in passer rating last year. Cousins was second. Stafford third. Ryan fourth. Manning seventh. And the Colts' Andrew Luck eighth. And in this year, six ranked in the top 12 in passer rating. That'd be Ryan as first. Bradford fourth. Stafford sixth. Carson Wentz seventh. Manning tenth. Eli Manning. And uh, Andrew Luck is twelfth. So that's a lot of good quarterbacks coming up. And, you know, Capers is lamenting his pass defense a bit. But kind of, I don't want to say making excuses because they were young. But I said, hey, you know, you're going to have to get this fixed because you got a lot of good quarterbacks coming up. And Capers says, no question. 
when you're playing as many young guys as we're playing right now, I think that you'll see us get better. I think that we'll improve as we go along. Some of those guys are seeing things for the first time. We had an awful lot of young guys on the field Saturday. You're going against a veteran quarterback and a lot of skill. Our guys will improve from their experience yesterday. Well, they're going to have to because there's a lot of veteran quarterbacks coming up. You know, Eli Manning, two-time Super Bowl champion. That's uh, out of the bye. Um, the next week is against Dallas. They could, that could be Tony Romo back by then. You know, if you remember, yeah, I know Romo's got a lot of injury issues, but the last time that he played, you know, a kind of a full season was 2014. He beat Aaron Rodgers for the passer rating title, second in the MVP race. So the guy can play. Um, uh, week seven, Jay Cutler. You can all laugh at Jay Cutler, and for obvious reasons. But he did have a 92.3 rating last year, and he's among the league leaders this year with 8.11 yards per attempt. Week eight, Matt Ryan having a ridiculous season against only three games, but he is he is like top two, three, four, and like you name the category, he's at the top of that. Week nine, Andrew Luck um, kind of speaks for himself there. I mean, Ryan and Luck, that's, that's that's tough duty there. Week ten, Marcus Mariota, who struggled a bit in his second year, but had a pretty decent rookie season, and it brings that scrambling uh, dimension too. Uh, week 11, Kirk Cousins. Throw for a lot of yards thus far. Um, his, uh, kind of, he's 19th in pass rating, but he's thrown for a lot of yards and was terrific last year. Week 12, Carson Wentz. The Eagles rookie. The Eagles are 3-0. And he's got five touchdowns, no interceptions. Pretty darn good for a rookie. Week 13, Brock Osweiler and the Texans. Osweiler struggled. Week 14, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Wilson, number two. An NFL history behind Rodgers and passer rating. Week 15, Cutler again. Week 16, Bradford again. Week 17, Stafford again. So, I mean, there's not a breather on that quarterback list. I mean, the worst guy probably would be Osweiler. But he played a role in getting the Broncos to the Super Bowl last year. Um, not, that it, not that he lifted them, on, lifted them on his shoulders or anything. But, I mean, he, if, he, if he's the worst of the bunch, that's, that shows what's coming up. So, between the strength of schedule, which is better than... You know, what you would have thought based on last year's records and the quarterbacks coming up. Green Bay's got some tough duty, and they're going to have to get this pass defense squared away, or it's going to be a long, difficult challenge to make a run at yet another playoff spot. This segment of Locked On Packers is brought to you by PackerReport.com and Scout.com. Scout's fantasy site is host of the World Fantasy Championships, and our fantasy insiders have helped a lot of people make a lot of money. And if your company is interested in talking to men between the ages of 18 to 44, you really should be sponsoring this podcast. Lockdown Packers is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at packwriter2002 at yahoo.com to find out more. On the fourth down, a couple of odds and ends to end our bye week. First, earlier in the week, I mentioned that I might have Wayne Larravee on to talk about his new book. Uh, Wayne happens to be in England for a Westwood One game. I assume it's the Jaguars. Honestly, I have no idea who's in England this year. Don't know. Don't care. Um, So he will talk to us next week, and I hope to get him on actually on a weekly segment on the show. So that'd be great. Uh, Number two, C.J. Spiller, the um, speedster running back. I said a couple good seasons. The Packers had him in for a workout a couple weeks ago. He signed with Seattle on Wednesday, so that's off the table. Um, the Seahawks without Thomas Rawls with a hairline fracture to his shin. Rookie C.J. Proceeds with a broken wrist. So the Seahawks had a big need there, and that they only had uh, 
Christine Michael, a perennial tease, and rookie Alex Collins. So there's there's a need there. And honestly, I have no idea how that Spiller workout worked out. Uh, did the Packers like him and just couldn't send him because they had so many injuries? Or you know what? Maybe, maybe there's a possibility. Maybe Spiller was looking for a better opportunity, and you think this is a better opportunity than one in Green Bay. Um, Spiller's got a chance to play right away with significant snaps in Seattle. I mean, Green Bay, it's Lacey and Starks, and maybe he would challenge Starks for number two, but, you know, based on role, I think it's a better deal for Spiller. So, you know, I know I, I get this all the time. Why didn't Green Bay do this or this? I go, well, and, you know, sometimes the player has a say in that, too. They're, just because the Packers want you doesn't mean the player wants to go there, and sometimes things like role and playing time come into mind. And, again, I'm only speculating. Maybe the Packers didn't think he was worth a hill of beans after that workout, but... It's possible Spiller is looking for a better opportunity than one, than one in Green Bay. He appears he has that in Seattle. So that leaves just Don Jackson, an undrafted rookie from Nevada, as their number three back. He's obviously on a practice squad. Um, and according to Bovada, what do, the, what do the bookmakers think of Green Bay? They are 8-1 to one to win Super Bowl 51. That's the second best odds. New England 15-4. to four. Overwhelming favorite. Not surprisingly, considered they've won with Tom Brady uh, suspended, and then they've won games with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Jacoby Brissett, um, Joe the Postman, and uh, Norm from Cheers as their quarterbacks. New England 15 to four. Um, Green Bay and Pittsburgh are nine to one. Seattle 10 to one. Denver and Minnesota 12 to one. Carolina and Arizona 14 to one. In the NFC, there are five clear frontrunners according to Bovada. The Packers lead the way at four to one. Arizona and Seattle are five to one. Carolina six to one, Minnesota thirteen to two. Everybody else way back. And Aaron Rodgers, this I found this interesting. Despite the slow start to the season for him, he is still the MVP favorite at nine to two. Ben Roethlisberger, Cam Newton six to one. So um, don't spend your money on these things. This is for entertainment purposes only. I didn't, and uh, there are no subliminal messages by me to go p- put down ten dollars on Aaron Rodgers. So, <laughs> and that will do it for this episode of Locked On Packers. Thank you for listening. Again, subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and Android app. Thank you, as always, for listening. Have a great rest of the day, and have a terrific weekend. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.